This is the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Hello, welcome back. Today, I have a very special guest that I'm interviewing. Evan Coslow, an attorney in Annapolis, has agreed to talk with us about his family law practice. So, Evan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad you could do it. So, I wanted to just start off with um, if you could tell me a little bit about you and, you know, how how you came to this work. Um, well, I was born and raised in New Jersey, except for actually two years I lived in Toronto, Canada. And then I came down to the Maryland area to attend undergraduate at American University. Thereafter, I took a couple of years off between undergrad and law school. Ended up going to University of, University of Baltimore Law School. When I graduated, I uh, was a judicial law clerk for a judge in Prince George's County who practices family law. Um, and then after that, I went on and worked with a couple of different firms doing family law and then opened up my own firm June of 2015. The reason why I got into family law and specifically sought out a judge who did family law um, after I graduated from law school actually goes back to kind of a funny and long story. Um, <laughs> when I was a about eight or nine years old, I told my parents that I wanted to be an attorney. But obviously, as an eight or nine-year-old, you don't really know much about law besides what you see in the movies or on the TV. And obviously also, as an eight or nine-year-old, you're limited into what television and movies you could see. Um <laughs> And then when I, as I got older, I started volunteering when I was in high school for what we called in New Jersey the Challengers League. And the Challenger League is each um, season there's a different sport. So in the fall, it's soccer. In the winter, it's basketball. In the spring, it's baseball. In the summer, I actually don't know what it is. I didn't partake in the summer one. But I um, befriended a young uh, child who had mental disabilities and I, him and I just became like best of friends. I stayed in touch with him actually for several years after graduating from from high school um, and I knew at that point that when I did practice law that I wanted to do something that helps children but obviously again being a teenager in high school you still really don't have a concept of well what does that do and one of the reasons why I applied for applied to attend American University was because it was a DC and there would be a lot of law opportunity down there. And um, I was very fortunate in my freshman year of college to have a professor who was also a judge in Montgomery County, and she um, had another judge friend who was a juvenile judge in Montgomery County, and got me an internship my sophomore year of college and that judge said well if you want to help children and uh, want to make money at the same time because obviously you still do need to make a living yeah juvenile juvenile law is not the way to go and juvenile law basically is to help uh 
children that may have been delinquent because of crimes they've committed or because they've been neglected or harmed by their children. And so she said, instead of specializing in that, you should try to um, focus on what's family, called family law. And family law, is, so that's ultimately end up how I came to where I am today. And so what family law does is it provides services for families going through a divorce, a separation, custody, child support, protective orders, mainly anything that involves a um, couples either married or not married uh, that have children or don't have children are separating and to try to get things resolved if they're unable to do it on their own. Gotcha. So in your practice now specializes in family law. Well, so it was, uh, Maryland right now, we're, attorneys cannot, at least at this time being used, the word specialize. Oh. <laughs> but we, we foc- I focus on um, family law. My, my practice only is family law related either as an attorney or as a mediator. I see. Pretty strict rules on that, I, I understand. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> there is current um, talk that within the next year or two, attorneys will be able to start saying that they specialize in a certain practice of law so long as they either have so many years in doing that or take a certain type of DLC classes. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm looking at your website and I see the range of services that you offer in relation to family law. So I was wondering if you can tell me more about um, the services you offer so that our listeners can understand sort of what a family law attorney does and the different ways that a family law attorney might be able to help them. Well, right off the bat, I, I'm a sole practitioner. Um, I come from firms that had several attorneys, and one of the reasons why I branched out on my own is to have more one-on-one with my clients instead of handing it off to a paralegal or a receptionist or to another associate, anybody that calls my office, 99.9% of the time, they're going to I'm gonna be the one picking up the phone. There are occasions that I don't, but I'm the one that's going to return the calls. I'm the one that, that is going to return the emails. Um, and so what I provide is, from the get-go, from once you call and maybe in for a consultation, is I educate the potential clients and my clients as to what rights and options they have and what their best case, worst case scenario is. And so there are times where I have uh, potential clients or clients that just come in just for the consultation. Uh, they just get charged for that hour that they're in with me, and then they either decide that they are going to hold off doing whatever they were considering doing or that um, they're going to try to, to make a settlement agreement on their own after getting that education. And, and obviously there are times where they retain me. And in that, it, I... Depending on what the client is, from same-sex couples, it ranges from military personnel that are looking to get divorced or their spouse is looking to get divorced. It could be a protective order because there is violence either between the spouses or between uh, parents of a child in common or even the child itself. And so I just let them know what rights and options they have both now short and short-term as well as long-term. Okay, so... The last thing you mentioned there with um, domestic violence and protective orders, do you represent people in protective order hearings? I do. Um, so a lot of times it comes because either I'm ready 
representing them in a custody matter or in a divorce matter, or it occasionally occurs vice versa, where they call me because a protective order, they need to file a protective order or a, or a protective order was filed against them, needing representation, not only in a protective order, but obviously in all likelihood there's going to be a pending litigation relating to either a divorce or custody, depending on the situation that those individuals find themselves in. Okay. So you can represent someone both if a protective order has been filed against them and they need legal representation or the victim who has filed a protective order or needs to file it, you can represent them too. Correct. At, at times, depending on um, the financial restraints of the individual, specifically talking about someone that's filing the petition for a protective order, I may rec- there's a lot of free services, specifically in Anne County, but also in the surrounding counties, um, that they may be able to, just for the protective order portion of the issues between their either their spouse or the other parent, have uh, free representation. So there are occasions that I do recommend doing that at least to save some money. Okay. Well, that's that makes sense. And as you know, um, Working with people who've experienced violence is one of the areas that I specialize in. So, um, you know, it's good to be able to tell people how an attorney can help them. And I know that there are um, domestic violence crisis centers and sexual assault crisis centers that can represent people for free. But I know that sometimes those um, services can be, you know, somewhat limited or they may be income-based. And it's good to know that people who can afford to retain an attorney can also get representation if, um, if that's the case in the program. Yeah, I agree. And also it's part almost all the time whenever I represent a client, be it via protective order or other family law related matter, having someone like yourself as a go-to person is extremely beneficial uh, to the client because they're going through a lot of emotional uh, issues that attorneys really aren't capable of handling. And not only are they not really capable of handling, we don't have the same background and experience that someone like yourself does, um, but we also cost a lot more than somebody else. So it ends up a lot of times they call, I have clients that call and, and want to then air out and kind of get help in that regard. And I always pull out your card and, and say, listen, I'm not the person that, that uh, you really need to be talking to. There's somebody that can help you a lot more in this part of the divorce or custody matter than I can. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy Notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used Therapy Notes for six years, and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is, if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code CHAT to get two free months.
The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marriage, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. We all know that small actions can make a big difference in our lives. I know for me, I can be in a terrible mood, go out somewhere and see a stranger, make eye contact and just smile at them and find suddenly I feel good. Whether it's practicing mindfulness a few minutes each day, movement practices, small actions can have big benefits, like how taking care of your gut can support whole body health. Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Your body is an ecosystem and great health starts in the gut. Your gut is a central hub for various pathways through the body and a healthy gut microbiome means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, our immune systems, and more. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com living and use code 25living to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com living, code 25living. I know that, um, as, as you know, I used to be a paralegal too, and I worked in a practice that did family law and, and I saw how painful it can be for people when they're going through divorces. So, um, that's one reason that I'm so interested in helping people find out what their rights are, um, as the process is beginning so that they can feel more comfortable and understand, you know, what's going to happen, what's realistic, what's not, and and just where they stand instead of having just this big, scary cloud of apprehensiveness that, you know, they just have no idea what's going to happen. It's also overwhelming. So that's why I often refer people to you, because I know that you'll be able to sensitively explain to them what their rights are and help them, you know, kind of feel not so lost in the, in the, unknown oh, of course yeah definitely uh, i appreciate that <laughs> a lot of, it's, it's a definitely a, a difficult task to navigate through the court system if you don't do it on a regular basis and on top of that you're dealing with your own emotions and it just could become 
more overwhelming than necessary. So having somebody that can basically hold your hand and walk through and have one less thing for you necessarily need to worry about on a regular basis, uh, in my opinion, is, is definitely comforting. Yeah. So um, another thing I want to ask you about that's kind of special about you, in my mind, is um, that you are experienced in helping same-sex couples with their family law issues. And I know that since we have um, same-sex marriage in Maryland, there will be some couples who it doesn't work out and they need to resolve things, you know, hopefully amicably. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you work with same sex couples and their specific types of issues they would have? Yeah, well, we're really fortunate living in Maryland. Um, we're one of the more progressive states, uh, as it comes to same sex marriage rights or same sex rights in general. Um, and so not only now does Maryland recognize same-sex marriages and therefore divorces, they're, they're still a little bit behind in, in the eight ball um, as it relates to their rights. For example, um, it only same-sex couples, lesbian same-sex couples, are able to have both of their names on the birth certificate at the time of birth. Oh. However, if it's a same-sex couple in the male version, then um, the whoever is not the father of the child, the, the natural father, the biological father, that other one would have to do an adoption uh, in order huh. to get their name onto the um, birth certificate. I also still, at currently, still recommend, even though same-sex lesbian couples are able to have their both of their names on the birth certificate to go through the adoption, meaning that the non-biological natural mother um, still petition for an adoption. And the reason behind that is there's unfortunately still states out there that don't recognize same-sex marriage, and God forbid you were to travel to one of those states or even one of those countries, and you're not the natural parent and you don't have an adoption of it, they would have the right to say, sorry, you can't come into the hospital, God forbid something happened. Uh, both not only... Uh, more so to your child than to your spouse. Um, wow. So that's another, that's another reason why I would recommend that. It's more important for same-sex couples, even if they're not thinking of getting divorced, but they're thinking of having children, to speak to an attorney. Um, just to understand what their rights are and what their options are. I'm hoping that eventually, sooner rather than later, this adoption portion for same-sex couples will need to be obsolete. But unfortunately, even here... In Maryland, it's still a necessity. Yeah, it sounds like there are some bugs in the process that need to be worked out yet. It does. But the, the court, as it comes to divorce itself, though, um, from my experience, the, the court has treated those parties the same as they would a heterosexual couple. Um, and it's the same exact process. As it would be no matter what type of couple it is, be a heterosexual couple or a same-sex couple. Well, that's fair. So is um, does that mean then that if a, a same-sex couple were getting divorced, there could be um, the same rights to alimony and anything like that that a heterosexual couple would have? Correct. And so the... the 
one issue that you have is if you were married before Marilyn recognized it, in theory, you could have some issue. Actually, not married. I take that back because before Marilyn finally accepted same-sex marriage, the uh, attorney general at the time from Marilyn wrote a opinion stating that he's, he that the state was going to recognize any same-sex couples from other states that already did recognize it prior to. But the issue becomes if you have children and one of the parents is not on the birth certificate and or didn't do an adoption, that parent can be considered as a third party oh. as it relates to custody, meaning that they have a lesser right to their child than the natural biological parent. So that's why it's important, uh, kind of going back to what I said a moment ago, it's important to make sure that if you're not on a birth certificate, at a minimum, you have the adoption um, taken care of so that you have the same rights, God forbid, you do get divorced. Gosh, that I can imagine then if a gay male couple, say, had a baby through a surrogate and it wasn't, um, it was an artificial insemination, so it wasn't the biological child of either of the male partners, then they can put their names on the birth certificate and they could potentially neither of them have a right to legal custody? <laughs> I mean, in, in that scenario, correct. But generally what happens is one of the, if they're going to do it via in virtual dissemination, mm -hmm. then the one of the male partners is going to use their sperm in order to get it. So therefore one of them will be the natural parent. Okay. They're not. If neither one of them are, then in all likelihood they're both going to do the adoption. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen nor have I heard anybody go the route that you just stated, but it doesn't mean that it, it's not there. It's just not common. The common route is one of the male partner's sperm is used to create the child, or if it's not, they're both doing the adoption together. Okay. Well, good. So everybody already knows besides me that that would not be <laughs> the best way for them to go legally. So good. Hopefully people are doing it that way to protect their rights. It's, you know, it's just so, it can be so hard when people split up and they're going through everything emotionally, like you said, and then they have all these legal ins and outs and, you know, it's just, they don't, understand because they've never had to deal with this kind of stuff before yeah. so it's that's why it's important to have a knowledgeable attorney like yourself so um well, and it goes both ways i mean it's not only having a knowledgeable attorney it's also having an attorney that knows that there's other resources are needed uh you know as i mentioned before a therapist uh financial planner a real estate agent at least in my field and family law field if, if having people that you know you can rely on to help your clients makes it better for everybody. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I also wanted to ask you, separate from your, you know, divorce custody um, practice, I wanted to ask you about your family mediation work. What What is that? So as a mediator, although I'm still an attorney, um, I'm really a third 
initial third party that I won't know either of the parties there. I don't have any true interest or claim to the outcome of what occurs in that case. And I, I'm there just to try to facilitate a amicable resolution because ultimately what ends up happening, if you don't resolve, resolve the case and it goes to trial, not only are you going to spend an assortment amount of money that is unnecessary that you could really be spending on yourself, your family, your kids, um, and instead of paying for the attorneys, you're also having a judge or a magistrate make a decision after hearing limited testimony um, and having limited information about exactly what's going on. They don't know your child. They don't know your situation. And so it's always better to to get it resolved without getting that route. And so what mediation does, it, it gives you the environment and the atmosphere to have that open dialogue that you may not ultimately have during a litigation or, or even not a litigation just between the the two parties because they're just the emotions are so high and so the mediator is it's a neutral third party who they can't testify um, and any proposals provided by either party cannot be uh, used against them or in benefit to them in court and so it's just kind of a nice little bubble for lack of a better word Hmm. uh, of these parties when they're, they're going through it and one bonus about also being an attorney is and a mediator is that if a resolution is reached and the parties do not have attorneys, I am able to draft a um, agreement once reached. However, I always do recommend that even if I do draft or they want me to draft it, that the parties, each party sees their own attorneys just to get an opinion because the one thing that mediators can't do is provide them with their opinion or recommendations. Okay. It just help and say, help them push in certain ways, but they can't say, well, the court's going to do this or the court's going to do that, or I recommend that you do this, or my opinion is X, Y, Z. An immediate is really just there to potentially create some ideas that you might not have thought of yourself, um, but also just to try to have that open dialogue going and having somebody else there to listen and hopefully understand each party's position to try to say, well, okay, this is what they're thinking. This is what he's thinking. Perhaps we do X, Y, Z without giving an opinion as to X, Y, Z being appropriate or not. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marich, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. 
the Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 off for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. Are you going through menopause or perimenopause? It can be a struggle to find comfort in your body with night sweats, hot flashes, and so many other uncomfortable symptoms. Hormone Harmony is a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause created by Happy Mammoth. They are dedicated to making women's lives easier using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout women's lives. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CHAT at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code CHAT for 15% off today. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is the EMDR therapy training brainchild of Dr. Jamie Marich, a clinician and author who's on a mission to confront stigma around mental health, trauma, and dissociation. The Institute, informed by Jamie's work, teaches a somatic, expressive, bottom-up approach to EMDR therapy that does not treat dissociation like a dirty word. ICM empowers their students to navigate dissociation as a normal response to trauma and stress when it shows up. Dr. Jamie Marich is out and proud on various levels about her own recovery and is a strong believer in the healing capacities of EMDR therapy and helping our clients to heal from the impact of trauma. I and two of my team members have been trained by the Institute for Creative Mindfulness directly with Jamie, and I was impressed with how dissociation really was treated as just a normal aspect of trauma therapy work, which it is. Both Jamie and the consultants were matter of fact about if and when dissociation arises, it's okay, it's normal, and here's how you can help the client in that situation. The Institute for Creative Mindfulness is offering a coupon code to save 15% off any program offered by ICM. This includes their EMDR therapy basic training programs and a wide variety of their home study, advanced topics, and other CE offerings. Go to instituteforcreativemindfulness.com and use promo code 15 off for listeners. There's a link in the show notes. You can copy the promo code and use the link right there in the show notes to make it easy. How would someone end up coming to you for mediation? How do, yeah. how do they get to that? It could be two different ways. It could be before you, anyone files for litigation and they either have attorneys or don't have attorneys and they just want to go to mediation. They could contact a mediator um, and schedule a mediation. Generally, it's at the mediator's office. Yes. Uh, generally, it's a, it's a minimum of a two-hour session, um, which could always either be extended or to, okay. And then another route is 
95% of the time, the court's going to order mediation if you file for divorce or custody. Um, mainly, it's going to be custody-related only. And in those instances, so long as there's no domestic violence filed by either party previously, they're going to order it, and they're going to require it, and they're going to require it without attorneys, even if attorneys are being represented by the parties. Um, again, there's always an exception to the rule. There are times that attorneys do attend the court-ordered mediation, um, and there also are times that even if domestic violence has been filed by one or both parties, that the court still orders mediation nonetheless. Okay. Um, so sometimes people um, come to you for mediation or another mediator, and they come without their own attorneys, and they just are saying, like, this is a list of how what I feel is a fair way to divide up our assets and our, you know, custody of children and stuff like that. Um, so... Yes. Uh, what I generally do is I'll send a um, document requesting certain information from each, to each party separately. Oh, okay. And I'll ask either for it before they come or I'll ask for it shortly afterwards. Okay. When they show up. So I'll either have a chance to review it at the before they get there or review it the first 10 minutes of the mediation. Okay, so that helps narrow down where each person stands on all the issues. Correct. And then if they do have, let's say they can come to an agreement together and you can draft a separation agreement, then, they, then that's something that they can go and file with the court to initiate their divorce process? Correct. They can do that. Um the again, my only concern is because of the mediator, they're not giving an opinion and recommendation, or they shouldn't be giving an opinion and recommendation. It is potential that one side is getting more of a benefit than the other. Okay, that's why I always do recommend that at a minimum that the both parties go to get an opinion from an attorney. You could say, Well, you know, this really isn't fair. This is, you know, you likely could get more if you did go to court, although that could then mess up the whole mediation itself and and make the proposed agreement obsolete. My concern is there, are, and, and, and it might not either, because there's some people say, I know that this is bad, I know I can get more of a to court, but this is what I want to do, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, as long as they know what they're, the decision they're making is best for them. Correct, and the mediator can't tell them that. Okay. There's definitely the times where I've had parties enter into mediation agreements that were a little one-sided, but that's what the parties wanted in that instance, although I always I said to both of them, no matter if, if they were the party getting the benefit or the party not getting the benefit, listen, I strongly recommend that you guys see an attorney. And what I generally do is I give them two or three attorneys mm -hmm. that I recommend that are mediation-friendly, meaning that they're not going to really necessarily hide the ball to get the settlement done, but they also won't mess things up. Because when it comes to custody specifically, attorneys sh should not get that involved in a custody determination if the parties are believing that they're in the best interest, that the decision that they're making is in the best interest of the kids. And the reason behind that, just like a judge, 
the attorneys really don't. We don't meet the kids. I mean, occasionally we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't have that same insight as the two parties do. And so they both feel that this is in the best interest of their children. In my opinion, unless there's domestic violence issues, that the attorneys really shouldn't muddle in it. Yeah. So I have seen, and I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I have seen that kind of sometimes people use um, the legal process as a way to try to punish one another when they're hurt and angry about a divorce. And, you know, there are opportunities for them to pursue a contested, you know, divorce or custody process and it can be dragged out for a long time. It's very expensive. It's very emotionally taxing for everyone, especially the children. And um, meanwhile, if they can come to an agreement that they both feel is best, it's better for each individual and the children and the family overall. So your comment was that um, sometimes a party may use the court system as leverage. Um, and I said that I agree with that statement. And unfortunately, I find it more prevalent in a domestic violence protective order matter than I do in a divorce custody matter, because in a protective order, a person could go any time of day, either to the commissioner's office, if the courts are closed, or to the courthouse by themselves, file a protective order. The other party's not there to defend him or herself. And they, in all likelihood, on a temporary basis, it's going to be granted. And that could have that other person out of the house for a week. could have the other person lose custody or access to the kids for a minimum of a week. So. Yeah, and, you know, it's if power and control is an issue, you'll see sometimes people abusing systems to have power over the other person. So yeah. uh-huh. I like to think that that's um, one of the things that, well, I feel one of the things that I like about you is I feel that you prefer to have people resolve things amicably, whether you're in the mediation process or just in doing family law work. Am I right about that? No, you're right. I mean, I, I always, my main focal is to get the case resolved without going to court. I mean, I'm not nervous going to court. I don't have an issue going to court. But although this, yes, I make my money off of, unfortunately, people's difficult situations that I rather than spend their money on themselves or their family or their kids than on me. And, and so in order to do that, settlement's always the best way, not only financially, but also emotionally and all and, and also with regards to what the best possible option you're going to get, because I guarantee you that no matter how unhappy you are with certain parts of a settlement, you're going to overall likely be more unhappy with a court decision. Obviously, that doesn't happen all the time, um, but more often than not, the two parties are going to be more upset with the judge making the decision than they are with themselves making the decision. Yeah, I can understand that. So, at this point, tell me how, tell our listeners how people can get in touch with you. Do you have a website address you want to share? Yeah, so uh, my website is www.coslowlawfirm.com. That's K-O-S-L-O-W lawfirm.com. 
Uh, also can be reached at 443-482-5141 or via email at evancoslow at coslowlawfirm.com and that's E-V-A-N-K-O-S-L-O-W at coslowlawfirm.com. Um, and as you know, I'm also on Twitter um, at Coslow Law Firm and also have a Facebook webpage. Great. So I will put links to all of those in the show notes when uh, this is posted. And um, I'm really glad that you took the time to talk with me today. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. I know it's going to be really helpful to the people who are listening who might be thinking about how a family law attorney could be helpful to them. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Baltimore Annapolis Psychotherapy Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more, visit Laura's website, www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.